Hi, I'm Amanda Taylor, and this is My First Name is Agent, a regular report of my journey to watch all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe chronologically in-world before Avengers Infinity War hits theaters April 27th, 2018. And guess what? That date has now come and gone, and I have seen Avengers Infinity War. So mostly what I felt during the entire movie was shock. I was forcing myself to take deep breaths, though some hyperventilation occurred, and just to try to keep up with what was happening, to be in the moment. And then it was over, just like that. There was a moment where I actually sat up in my chair and moved to the edge of my seat. When Wanda was being threatened by Horn's girl and taunted for being alone, and Natasha and Okoye came to her rescue. And there were three good girls fighting a bad girl. And do you know what I thought? I did that first, in Lily Evans and the Stroke of Midnight, which is my third big project, not my 19th. Why the F has it taken Marvel so long to even have that scene? It was beautiful, and I want to watch it every night before bed. Now, we have to talk about Gamora. She was central to the plot in a way that all good feminists know is not a positive thing at all. Her death became a catalyst for male characters. Her character has never been my favorite, because she has a tragic backstory that made her hard, and that's just not a trope I'm all that into. But she's been on a journey to soften up and get happy. The moment of her singing in the Milano in the Look, it's the Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy scene warmed my heart. She deserved happiness, and I'm sad. I love, love, loved seeing Rocket and Thor and Groot together. Their entrance is probably my favorite image from the entire two and a half hours. Oh yeah, and Thor speaks Groot, which is adorable. And he had immediate respect and trust in Rocket, who I deeply care about. And that made me love Thor even more. And it was just this big cycle of me feeling gooey about that trio. Rocket gave Thor an eye. Groot gave Thor his arm. Wait, that got weird. The Avengers is really just a study in ego. Who is going to be the alpha male among alpha males? And how will they deal with looking in the mirror often held up to them by their Avengers counterparts? The Tony and Steven dynamic. Who's the smarter douchebag? The Peter and Thor thing with Peter making his voice deeper to try to compete with what his crew were calling an angel pirate. I did enjoy that Tony, Steve, and Thor kind of all had their own teams, but it wasn't even that clearly defined because of the aforementioned alpha male problem. And, you know, there were people that were clearly just there to be helpful and not interested in taking charge, which is equally important in a team setting. One of my sisters made a comment about how many I love yous there were, and obviously that was way up my alley. Pepper and Tony finally being engaged, though I was sad I didn't get to see that actually happen. Gamora and Peter had a lot of sad moments that included declarations of love, which I'm not really sure had payoff since we didn't get to see much of that, though he himself referred to her as a long-term booty call, so you know. The coupling I was most into, though, were my faves, Wanda and Vision, I'm not sure why exactly, but I think they're so cute. Just stealing moments where they could, trying to have a normal life. Two people who just wanted to be alone together. And when Vish made a comment about staying in bed, I was practically clapping my hands with glee. I guess in order to be fair, I should talk about Steve Rogers. But I'm still kind of mad at him. He was there. He had a beard to copy Thor, as Thor pointed out. He... I don't know. I was distracted by the fact that they turned Black Window into Mockingbird down to the hair color. Why was that choice made? Why don't these movies ever just integrate their S.H.I.E.L.D. counterparts? Bucky seemed weirdly underused and overhyped considering the Black Panther credits scene. Also, I was kind of peeved that Rhodey was just hanging out with them after they, like, you know, paralyzed him. I'm holding a grudge. But I'm also holding out hope. At the end, with Maria and Nick, I really thought for a moment that they might... 
you know, bring in somebody I've been hoping to come back to the MCU. And the reveal of Captain Marvel's symbol on an encrypted pager, amazing, was visceral for me. But I still kind of wish to have been Phil Coulson somehow getting called back in. So, Thanos, the big bad we've all been waiting on forever. He was powerful, which is threatening. He was merciless. He stops at nothing, even killing his favorite daughter, as we've heard over and over. But he himself, I guess, kind of felt like a daredevil villain. Milk toast, promising us he has depth and motivation without really proving it. Because what is his motivation? Anyway, he doesn't want people to suffer, so he kills tons of people violently, and they clearly suffer in the process. It just doesn't really... The gauntlet power was fun, though, and seeing that Thanos has a weird love for bubbles was interesting. I was really surprised in an, oh, that's fun way to see the Red Skull. I think my favorite joke was, who is your master? Am I supposed to say Jesus? Though I also enjoyed Peter being knighted and then him saying, oh, we're using our made-up names? Lots of good jokes. I'm not sure what Bruce's deal was or why he was important, and I'm hoping there's payoff for why he couldn't hulk out again after Heimdall sent him to Earth. R.I.P. Heimdall. Peter, Parker, was annoying again, doing that thing where he makes sure everyone knows he's really young that I absolutely hate, and that just doesn't feel right to me. I also yelled out loud, ugh, when Ned made his appearance. Like, of all the sidekicks who deserve to be in this movie, Ned and Wong, and also every single Guardian, where the heck was Valkyrie? Nakia? What happened to Shuri? Why was Hawkeye pretending to be a family man? I saw the movie within the last 24 hours, and I'm still trying to figure out why I feel so duped. I guess I went into it assuming the original Avengers would die, because having a cast of 30 is ambitious at best and stupid at worst. I also assumed it would feel like a full story and not as much like a part one. It drops you into the movie in such an alarming fashion. It just doesn't feel right. I knew it was going to feel like Whiplash with too much happening and too many characters, and it 100% did especially with the many locations the different teams were visiting in space, previously unseen planets. It was just like, who is where? Or as Drax would put it, who is why? And I think both questions are valid. The Gamora death was sad, but I didn't feel it. The Loki death was horrible, but I didn't feel it. When it ended, and ended the way it did with 75% of the cast dissolving into whatever Voldemort turned into, I wasn't sure if it was real or important or mattered at all. I wasn't emotional, I was annoyed. I was confused. I was surprised. I don't think writing a big old red herring is necessarily good writing. However, we know that Stephen Strange saw the one route to success and kicked it off while Team Tony was on Titan. Hopefully the Avengers have evolved past the Phil Coulson effect, which is to say they don't need like a bunch of their team to die in order to be motivated to come together and win. But that kind of looks like exactly what's going to be happening. You know, I also really hope that whoever is representing the Demogorgon race is making sure they're getting a great payday, because between Stranger Things, A Quiet Place, and Avengers, they're freaking everywhere. Ultimately, I feel that my excitement for this movie was not paid off, and now I'm way more interested in seeing part two than I am in reliving part one. There were some interesting decisions, some great jokes, and it was good, but not great. I don't know what to think or how to feel, still. But... I reached the end of my goal. I did it. I watched all the movies and most of the television, and I documented it as promised. 
What I took away from this experience was a rekindling of something dear to my heart and the reasons I love these movies and being a fangirl in general, something that had been kind of long dormant in my life. I'm happy I did it and happy that I was able to bring anyone who had some curiosity along for the ride. I also want to thank Aryan Mohajer for writing the music for this awesome endeavor and Kaylee Brown for creating the logo. Till next time on My First Name is Agent, which might be a while. <laughs>